Hello, 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 and welcome to the Greater Is In Me podcast, where each episode is intended to inform, inspire, and influence listeners to fulfill the greatness that exists within. I am your host, P. Sloan Joseph. This podcast is all about my reflections and revelations as a wife, mother, and educator. During our time together, I hope you will learn something from my stories and laugh a little along the way. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome to episode 41, how to have a hard conversation. So I was thinking about just in life in general, whether it's in your community with your family and friends or at work, there are times where you're going to have to have hard conversations. We all have to engage in those conversations in order for there to be resolution, in order for there to be progress. And One of the things that I see a lot of is not having the conversation. That's one part. That's no good. That helps no one. Or having the conversation, but it's done ineffectively. And I've engaged in that too, on both ends. I've done the whole, you know what, I don't have time. I'm not even going to talk about it. I've been on that side where I'm just disengaged. And then the other part is I've engaged in a conversation but was totally ineffective in my strategy to be heard and to bring about resolution and progress. Um, And so in my quest to always try to, you know, know better, do better, be better, um, this was what I'm getting ready to read to you is is just an article that was sent to me. It looks like it's actually, um, it's a picture that someone sent to me and it looks like it's like a Dear Abby type situation. I don't know. Does Dear Abby still have a job? Is she unemployed? Was she affected by the pandemic? I don't know. But it looks like it's in the paper and it's just nine steps or nine things to consider when you're having, you're going to have to engage in a hard conversation. As we go forward in education specifically, There are a lot of hard conversations that need to be had. And I think that in order for us to really service and provide a high quality education for our students, we've got to go about this in the right way. Um, And so this is another reason why this resonated with me. Now, if you're not an educator and you're listening, thank you very much. But I also, as I was reading this, as I always get a chance to connect my life as a wife, mother, and educator, this would help this would work in any situation. Doesn't matter. So I thank you for being here with me today. I'm just going to read this to you, give you some food for thought, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this. And hopefully this will um, inspire you to approach some things as we go forward a little differently. So here we go. How to have a hard conversation. Number one, Remember showing up imperfectly is better than not showing up at all. Avoiding the hard conversations ensures comfort. Confronting them invites growth. Which do you value more? Number two, define key terms being discussed in the hard conversation. If your partner isn't texting you enough, what does enough mean to you? How do they define it? If it's regarding your performance at work, how does your boss define productivity? Often our conflicts are fueled by miscommunication more than anything else. 
Number three, replace judgment with curiosity. Curiosity turns an argument into a conversation. Instead of rushing to make your point, urge for more clarification. Replace rebuttals with, I want to fully understand. Can you explain that to me a bit more? Number four, allow room for silence, even if it's uncomfortable. Silence to process is better than speaking just to speak. This also gives the other person the opportunity to fully finish their thought. Number five, if you're feeling yourself getting defensive, ask yourself, what is this bringing up for me? What is my ego or my fear telling me right now? Is it true? Sometimes we project our own hurt into a conversation, punishing the person that isn't even the real source of our frustration. Number six, when it's your turn to respond, acknowledge the points you agree with just as much as the ones you disagree with. Find the important similarities between your perspectives when possible. Perhaps you both want the same things, but have different ways of going about it. Number seven, rephrase what the person said to make sure you fully understood. Something like, what I'm hearing is, and then fill in the blank. Then allow the other person to confirm or correct any misconceptions. Number eight, know when you need to check out of a hard conversation. If the person you're talking to is not making an effort to hear you or they're making you feel small, step away. A simple, I'm not feeling heard right now, I need to step away or revisit this conversation another time, can suffice. And number nine, remember, sometimes the hard conversation needs to start with yourself. What are you feeling? What are your opinions on the matter at hand? How are you biased? How are your, what are your blind spots? How do you want to be a better person to others, to yourself? So this was very powerful to me. Um, I hope that it's very powerful to you. It spoke to me and confirmed some things that I'm doing right when I'm having these hard conversations. Because as a presenter, especially a presenter that does equity work, this is this can be a hard, you know, this is hard to present. All eyes are on you. You're coming in from the outside and it, it can be hard. This work is is, is hard, it's, but it's worth it, definitely. But it, it's hard. So there were some steps in here that I definitely feel like I do, but there's some steps that I need to really, really work on. And so, um, you know, it it resonated with me. So I wanted to share it with my audience. Uh, Number eight, where it says, know when you need to check out of a hard conversation, if the person you're talking to is not making an effort to hear you or or they're making you feel small, step away. I think that's very important. I think sometimes we want there to be um, resolution, but we have to be okay with it not being okay. And it doesn't mean that it's not ever going to be okay. It's just that person isn't ready right now. I think sometimes uh, we catch people at, at the wrong moment. Sometimes we'll never catch them at the right moment. That's another podcast for another day. But there's some people we caught them at the wrong time. Like if you catch me when I'm hangry, then... I can't like my blood sugar is low. I'm unable to have this deep, hard conversation right now. Give me some skinny pop, a Mr. Good bar, a cup of coffee, a latte, 
like let get my blood sugar back up and I might be able to have this conversation. Um, you know, if I haven't had enough sleep that, you know, those types of things will adjust my ability to have a hard conversation. Um, and that's what happens with our students. Those of us that are educators, if they're, you know, if they're emotionally not where they need to be, they're sleepy, they're hungry. Mm, no, this is not going to bring about resolution or progress. And so just, you know, understanding, and I've talked about this in another podcast. I can't remember which episode. Um, I'll go back and then put that in the show notes, but um, I've talked about just in my life as a wife and as a mother, how it might not be the right time or the right tone. Like my husband does traveling with his job. And if he's been out of town for a couple of days and on a long flight with long layovers and stuff, it may be important to me, but as soon as he comes through the door, that might not be the right time to talk to him or having that conversation over a text. That's, that's not a text. That's not an email. That's a face-to-face conversation. So that's something else that I want to add to those nine little pieces of information. And then the tone, like I have to really kind of meditate and come to terms with myself. Like, how am I going to present this information? Cause sometimes it's not what you say it's how you say it. And so just taking all of that, Um, of course I say it all the time. There are no perfect advocates. I'm not perfect and I get it wrong sometimes, but I think just getting up and having the best of intentions and really working at it, reflecting and apologizing when you're wrong, um, is, is very powerful. So until the next time, before we go though, before we go, um, please like, share, and subscribe. And give me some feedback. Um, some of you are very good about giving me feedback, emailing me, texting me, um, sending me something on Twitter in my DM. Let me know what you like, what you want to hear more about, um, any of those things. I'm constantly trying to get better and make sure that um, what I'm talking about is relevant, that it informs, inspires, and influences us to fulfill the greatness that exists within. Um, and until next time, please take time each and every day, like every single day, take some time and reaffirm yourself by saying greater is in me.